Thanks, uh, Anton. No, no thanks to Dennis. What? Is there some intro music? Well, no intro music. We have something that gets added somewhere. I don't know. Counted us down, folks. Welcome to another exciting edition <laughs> of Missouri Swagger. This is season two, episode four, I believe. It is. I'm Dennis no. Hopeless. Yes. Callum, whatever you want to call me. That's Colin Bunn. I call you friend. <laughs> and Kyle Strong calls me friend. Hi. How's it going, fellas? It's going good. How are you? So let me, I want to start off this, this, is an, this episode with an apology. Uh, uh, we Anton just uploaded the second uh season two episode of Missouri Swagger. So this week I got to, to watch it and I, I need to apologize to you guys. I need to apologize <laughs> to our viewers and watchers, but most of all, I need to apologize to my vanity because Jesus Christ, I was an unkempt piece of shit in that, uh, uh, that beard was a scraggly neck situation. And oh my so God. I, I want you all to know that this, this morning I got up and I trimmed my beard and I made sure my hair is as, camp down as I can keep it uh and I put on a shirt that fits and I moved my situation over to some natural light so I'm gonna try that's why you moved the camera yeah I'm gonna try to be as nice looking as possible for Missouri Swagger if there's a camera on you you gotta you both look so beautiful well Dennis I appreciate it because look you've got a lot to live up to here (laughs) I think that new beard looks fantastic what'd you say I think your new beard looks fantastic. I think it's not a beard yet. It's yeah, no, it looks scraggle. What is it then? It's, it's the same thing I, just I got. Haven't shaved. Yeah, that's what you. It, it's just it's nice. I got the well, same thing. I, exactly. I'm glad you like Except it. Except mine's all mine's all down here. <laughs> because if I don't shave for another three weeks, it's going to look exactly the same. It looks good. <laughs> you need to rub some like Crisco it. on there, and that'll get it going. I'm sure we talked about this in earlier. No, now just you're every fake. morning, just every morning, rub some Crisco on there, Colin. I don't trust that at all. I mean, you would be the one to to know give that advice. I mean, and I should listen yeah. to you, but I think you're messing with me. A weird thing about Kyle's beard. Kyle shaved his beard to fuck with me one time, and I saw him that night when he showed up in his Prince Adam costume with no beard, and I saw him like a day or two later when he had a little scruff, and then like. Seven days after that, when I saw him the next time, it was back. Like somehow that fucking thing just flies out of your chin. It's like trying to escape. It's that Crisco. I thought about shaving. A lot of people have been thinking of shaving while they're in, uh, while they're social distancing. I see on Facebook, people are like, here I am. Here's my face. And I thought for a minute about doing that, but I'm not going to do that. I think you got to be, that's what you're comfortable with. That's, I mean, that's basically what I was saying earlier. Is that I saw myself, and that's not what I'm supposed to fucking look like. You need to start washing this. No, that's vanity. I saw myself. Everything, this is, I mean, that's what's happening. But I'm just saying, you got to keep up whatever makes you feel human in these times when you're not seeing people who judge you. My kids don't care. Every time I take my shirt off, my kids either say, belly or nipples. So they don't give a shit what I look like. That's how it is around here. Who says it's a bird? 
<laughs> when I take my shirt off, people say, please, please put it back on now, quickly. Who are these people? I don't know that I've ever seen you with your shirt off, which is weird. And guess what? You never, never would. Well, you told me you were going to do a demonstration with your swimming pool where you took your shirt off because did you, you agree. To I don't off. think he agreed. I did not agree to that. Well, you said absolutely not. And then you said the reason <clears throat> you would do it would be to take your shirt off. Well, what I'm thinking of doing is doing one of those before pictures that I won't show anybody until I get where I want to be physically. And then I can say, look where I was and look where I am. Yep. But that involves having to one, take a picture, yep. two, exercise, three, take another picture. And I am too lazy for all of those things. <laughs> You're too lazy for number one and number three. Well, no, Cindy can take the picture for you. <laughs> what you kind of exercise would you do? Come out Colin? of the bedroom and she'll take pictures whether you ask her to or not. But I am having a delicious uh, beverage. I'm what trying to remember what this is called, but I can't. Oh, a horse feather. I could tell what it was called without you even saying. So the best physical. You don't know what a horse feather is. I've, You've I've, made me a horse feather. Sorry, the, be- oh, the best physical condition I've ever been in in my life was when I was in college in the early 2000s and all my friends played Dance Dance Revolution. And we were very, very competitive. And so like every day I would play Dance Dance Revolution for like two hours and I was in great shape. So I have considered hooking up my PlayStation 2 that I found in the closet and, and uh, exercising that way. Could you please record that so that we can put this on our channel? No, I, what I will do, here's what I promise. We can record me in a dance-off against you, Colin. You don't want that. You don't I want actually, that kind of pain brought down upon you. <laughs> Kyle is, let me say, there was a time when I thought I was very good at Dance Dance Revolution. I played the Mario version of Dance Dance Revolution on GameCube all the time and was seemingly very good. I got really high <clears> scores every time. And then Kyle and I went to Dave and Buster's and we played against one another. And Kyle is on another level. He's like, it's even like thinking you're a pretty good driver and driving against a NASCAR driver. Kyle somehow manages to do it without any jumping. It's a stepping situation where his, his feet are moving so fast, but like above the waist, he's totally calm, cool, and collected. Is it more of a shimmy or a shake? There's it's no shake. stepping. Mm, total shimmy. When I play, my Here's whole body goes up and down like crazy person, and I get worn out, and I get worse as it goes along. Kyle's got this zone where he's locked in, and his feet are just moving like some sort of men in black alien. Somewhere there's a photo of us, I think. Yeah, I think there's one on my Facebook. We should send it to Anton. There's another one of me dan- dancing against my friend Justin Peacock, uh, and uh, I'll just say we both look a lot younger in that photo. We were a lot younger. <laughs> Uh, I had so big hair, a lot of big hair. You had maybe no beard. I think I don't have a beard in that photo. That's weird. No one needs to see that. Yeah, I've never known you without a beard. Um, so my kids have been dragging stuff out at their mom's house to play video games because you know they don't go to school. And the other day when I went to pick them up, uh, they insisted that I play Dance Dance Revolution because they had been told that I'm very good at it. Did you kick and their asses? I mean, I'm way better than two five-year-olds, but I was not good by my old metric at all. Are the two five-year-olds like, are they stacked on top of each other? Is that why they're (laughs) They're, the size of a man? No, they weren't the size of a man. They're just, 
that's the problem is their legs, their coordination isn't very good, but also their legs aren't really long enough to do it properly. And I don't think they fully understand all the instructions. I mean, they're small children. I'm a little bit worried. Like when I have them, cause I have them here. I used to have them for a week at a time, but they would go to school in the middle of the day during a weekday. So I would only have them 24 seven on the weekends. But now those weeks were seven days of 24 hour children. And it was <clears throat> beginning to be a little bit like Thunderdome in here, kindergarten Thunderdome. Mm-hmm. So I'm I, when you say climb on, to, on each other's shoulders, I'm thinking they're gonna have a master blaster situation soon. Where they well, you're a blaster. Apart. You would be. Oh, I, I, they would. Cullen would be. My Cullen is the larger of the two twins. Right, but they would, would get on blaster. you. No, they. What I'm afraid and of. And you would be. I understand what you're afraid of, but I'm thinking of a more movie accurate master blaster. Well, yeah, I mean, that's just life. I am the big lug that does whatever they tell me to do. Do you remember when they were born and you had grand designs to be Master Blaster for Halloween? Yes. But there was multiple. Well, yeah, that was the idea. The idea was that I was going to be Master Blaster. And because there are two babies, I could switch them out whenever they got overwhelmed. Uh, I made that plan, though, before I understand understood how children behave, which is... They do whatever the fuck they want for a number of years. They wouldn't have put up with it. They might put up with it now. They like being carried now that it's really uncomfortable to carry them. If they were into it and they were the center of attention, maybe they would like it. Yeah. I, I, once, uh, I once had dreams of uh, going to a comic convention, and I was going to dress as Indiana Jones, and I was going to have uh, Squish dress as Short Round because uh-huh. I thought that'd be a great – he looks like Short Round anyway. Um, I thought that'd be great, but he was never into it. That sucks. He's yeah, actually can't probably about the right age to do it. Right now would be the right age for him to be. You should uh, run it by him again and see what he thinks. Or you just give him the short round clothes and say, this is what you're wearing today. Let, let him wear those. Yes. Children don't love being props. Like it's no, they don't. And they shouldn't, they they shouldn't have to. Oh. But my dad never dressed me up as a cosplay character, so. The problem is so, the stuff that, that we would have liked. Well, the stuff we would have liked when we were children is because of our interests, and they have their own interests. Right. And it doesn't like I, I discussed in a previous episode. I love action figures. My care, my kids could give shit. They want yeah, to take stuffed like animals to the park. You've both said that. Do you think that's because of your attitude toward the action figures? No. What does that mean? Well, I saw you with a photo of a Shogun warrior, Colin. And my kid was playing, with. was playing with it. Hold on, my alarm's going off. It's really obnoxious. This is awesome. Uh, yeah, so your kid was playing with the Shogun Warrior. No, we're going to wait now. Now that you've told us to wait, we're going to wait until you figure out how to turn off the alarm. <laughs> Damn it, Kyle. All right. Uh, I think it's because they have figured out in the intervening years that what children like best is to pretend to be things. Mm-hmm. And so the toys they have now are all um, make-believe oriented and that it is much more fun to run around with a Spider-Man mask on shooting silly putty, not silly putty. Silly string. Silly string. Come on. Uh, than it is to carry around a little man and bounce him off the walls and bang him into each other. I think toys have just improved is the primary reason. Yeah, my kid loves Nerf guns in a big way. Like, Nerf guns are his favorite mm. thing. And uh, he has a huge collection of them. 
Well, let's be yeah. honest. If we had Nerf guns when we were kids, that's all we would have played with, too. Well, we we did have Nerf guns. We just didn't have awesome Nerf guns. Mm-hmm. We didn't have Nerf guns that do the stuff. I mean, he's got, like, old Painless from Predator as a Nerf gun. He can, you know. Yeah, that's what I got my kids for Christmas this year was Nerf guns because it was not my year, so I didn't have it on Christmas. So instead of – normally I do – Something to wear, something to read, something you want, something you need. This year, I was like, fuck it. They're getting an arsenal. Nice. Uh, the problem is they can't cock most of them because they're not strong enough yet. And I, I bought the, the bullets that have the rubber tips, so it fucking hurts when they shoot me. Well, they, they shoot can't shoot close. you because they can't cock the gun. So Now, when That's I was a kid, since, since we can't go an episode of this without talking about toys, when I was a kid, I had a gun that I thought was the greatest toy I ever had. It was called the System 7. And this gun had like seven features. Like it could be reconfigured into like, first of all, it was a, it shot darts, but then it could be reconfigured to shoot these little frisbee things. Then it had a periscope that you could stick up off the top. It had a hidden compartment in the bottom. It had a pistol that could be detached from it. And it was the coolest toy I'd ever had. And I've never seen one since. And I'm certain they're very hard to come by because they had so many pieces. But uh, I'm I looking love it that. up right now. It was my favorite toy gun ever, and if I could find a complete one, I'd get it. If Do I had always, one, I, I don't always, think you've looked. I bet you can find one. I know, we maybe. played War or Rambo or whatever you want to call it when we would go to my friends' houses for birthday parties. But the guns we had were either empty water guns or just toy guns that made noise so nothing was flying all about yeah we called it guns let's play guns we called it war games and we used to do it uh well as i got older in my teenage years we we would do war games we'd go and we'd spend the weekend at a friend's house because all of our all of us lived on areas where there was a lot of land around us so we could go run in the woods and in creeks and everything and we would uh i'll dress up in our fatigues and go run around, and we'd yell, bang, 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 pow, pow, you know, we'd, like we were shooting at each other. And if mm-hmm. we could see half of the opponent, they had to freeze in place for 60 seconds. Mm. Um, but then we started putting bottle rockets in the guns, Yep. and we would shoot bottle rockets at each other. Yeah, we did that, but we didn't use toy guns. We, <clears throat> I would take uh, Christmas wrapping paper tubes and then uh, tape, duct tape straws to the end for the things to go mm-hmm. in, and then you could make different configurations. They would always catch fire eventually, though. Well, yeah, it's you, cardboard. They're paper. You guys think that neither of your kids like toys. They like toys that make them feel like they are the character. Do you guys think that has to do with the fact that they're not watching uh, hours and hours of television that has commercials in it? Like, not just commercials for the toys during the show but the show itself is a commercial do you think that has anything to do well with i mean they, they still do like the structure of those shows is different but uh like what's it called paw patrol is a show that is about like civil responsibility and helping your neighbor and such and such but still every season of it they change it so that there are different vehicles like now there's a superhero one and one where they're in the water so that they can sell those toys um, yeah. So I don't know. They do like, I mean, they want the toys when they see the commercials. Cause sometimes in the morning, if I don't want to wake up, I let them turn the TV on in my bedroom and then they watch TV. And what eventually wakes me up if it's not Cullen demanding food is that they want to know more about some shit that's on a commercial. Like, what is that? Can we get that? Like I just wake up and say, no, 
go back to sleep because yeah. it's always. I'd like to tell you my most disappointing uh, interaction with the Paw Patrol show. And it is that for years, it's been around for years. Yeah. And um, as my friends and my siblings have kids and they all like Paw Patrol, I never knew what they were talking about. Mm-hmm. But what I thought they were talking about was Papa Troll. <laughs> Which I is thought, a much more Kyle friendly idea. And I'm all in. I was like, Papa Troll, that sounds pretty cool. I'm not going to lie. But uh, now that I know. I think what you just Paw came Patrol up with an idea, Kyle. I think you need to. I think, I, I think I'll get a cease and desist for Papa Troll. No, because I think you're the only person who has put that together in that way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, last night, Mike, I was talking to my children about. It was, it was, I don't, I'm, this story is going to suck because I don't remember the exact words, but it was a similar situation where they said something. I heard it as, as a different phrase because the, the words made yeah. the same noises and then repeated the same exact noise aloud as though I was explaining. Oh, I thought you said, and I said the same thing. Sometimes I, well, I come up with some of my best ideas that way. Have you guys, uh, everybody has this. Have you guys got a famous song that you've heard the lyrics wrong all your life? Yeah, there's a there's a song called Blueberry Fago that is on TikTok and plays on the. That is not album. a famous song, Blueberry it's not, Fago. It's a huge song right now. That on is it about Spotify, soda? No, listen to me. <laughs> it is on Spotify on the like hot now thing. So it's a song that younger people than us listen to. But there is a line where it says two um, forties. Do you think a, you can pay to be what? on hot now? Do you think that they paid to be hot now? I don't know. It's just pop music. All right. I don't, I don't have any idea. So what's the what's lyric? The, it's two something 40s and a big ass Draco. And I thought it was Drake coat. Like the rapper Drake was wearing a oh. large coat. But apparently a Draco was a machine gun. And I didn't know that. Oh, you mean the little Mosey song? Yeah, it's called Blueberry Fago. <laughs> As the up. monitor reflects in <laughs> Cullen's glasses, <laughs> the, and the light gets brighter. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, Lil Mosey. Yes, there are absolutely songs like that, but I can't think of them on the spot. So, uh, first of all, as as expected, Anton just texted me with his, which I think is awesome. It's my favorite of all of them. Um. So you know the song Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap? Yes. So No, I haven't heard that song. How's it go? It's by Lil Mosey. Look it How's up. How's it go though? I'm not singing. I don't think we can sing. I think we have to have the copyright to sing it. I think. You can um, lip sync. If I turn off my video and sing it, you can lip sync. Anyway, Anton apparently believed that the lyric was 30 Thieves and the Thunder Chief. <laughs> which is an awesome like title for a from kid's 80s. cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? 30 Thieves and the Thunder Chief. Yeah, that's weird. I think, yeah, I think it that should be his mascot. <laughs> you just have shirts. He's making like an imaginary cartoon called 30 Thieves and the Thunder Chief. Mine was uh, from the Top Gun, the, the theme song to Top Gun, Danger Zone. All right, is that the name of the song? Danger Zone? You know what we're mm-hmm. talking about. I used to think it was, I went to the danger zone. And to this day, I still think it sounds like I went to the danger zone. 
And it wasn't until maybe a month or two ago that I realized it was mm. highway to the danger zone. Yep. I used to think it was just another man named Monday. <laughs> there you go. That's a problem. <laughs> well, then the famous one is, uh, excuse me while I kiss this guy. Yeah, well, everybody thought that's what it was. It was a very progressive song when it came out. <laughs> so, um, Anton suggested that we uh, say where to find ourselves. Early in the episode. Early in the episode. Well, you can find us all where you're looking at us because it's the only place we can go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> mine is the worthless. I don't do anything. I'm at Hopeless Dent on Twitter. That's where you find the easiest. Easiest. I will respond if you at me. I probably won't post much content. Um, this morning, it's a great posted, endorsement. This morning, I posted that I think my hair is headed in a Rufio direction as I can no longer get it cut. Yeah. That's the kind of content you'll find there. Go ahead, uh, Patreon. My Instagram is Kyle Instagram. Strom underscore. And yeah, please check out my Patreon, which I talk about all the time on here. But uh, it's still around, and I'm going to post a new book up in a couple of weeks on there. Um, but yeah, go go. I, can I have it. a suggestion for your Patreon before we go to call? Sure. One year, when you trimmed your beard, you sent out Christmas uh, cards that had mm-hmm. Christmas trees made out of beer, beard hair. Yep. I don't think you should cut your beard all the way off, but you could make that be a prize on your Patreon. Oh, yeah, ah. you think in this age of uh, pandemic and social distancing, you think I should send out a card made of my own human hair? I think you might want to wait a year, but once we have a vaccine, <laughs> you make a good point. Uh, right, I fine. think I'm going to, I think I'm just going to keep it all digital until I have a, a, a book come out. And then, then I will do some, um, tangible what's the word benefits for crunchy bits wait don't you have unearth trades yeah but i'm not i am not giving out unearth trades to follow my patreon i do have unearth trades but can anybody you, can buy that on amazon right now can they buy them directly from you no because i don't have a warehouse trying to figure out a way to get people your germs <laughs> You're, right you're trying to figure out a way to make me mail a bunch of stuff <laughs> is what you're trying to do. Yes. Kyle which is, Strom is, which is the jerk. thing I'm the worst at. And if I had to list everything oh. about my business, me putting together packages and mailing them would be the thing I'm the very worst at. Yeah, it's rough. I'm not good at it either. And I'm also not good at organization. Where are you going to find you? I interrupted you to ask Kyle about his beard. Me? Yeah. Uh, so you can find me at CullenBun.com. You can find me on Twitter, at CullenBun, or you can find me on Patreon, also CullenBun. Um, those are all great places to find me and see what I'm up to. Where can we find you a new hat? You don't need to. It looks great. <laughs> I'm going to have Kyle make me one out of his beard trimmings. Well, that would be a great hat. <laughs> no, that'd be awesome. Kyle, Kyle has a hat my mom made it. I'm making a note here. Hat out of beard trimmings. <laughs> Please destroy that note immediately. Kyle, tell them about my hat that my mom made you. So uh, this has been a (laughs) – long before this was easily um, attainable, I thought it would be cool to make a hat for my friend Andy, who I talked about before. He's the guy who 
who drank the warrior drink with me. Um, I wanted to make him a baseball hat that said Deep Space Niners because that's the baseball team in Deep Space Nine. And uh, I made a design and I had gone, I had tried a couple of places, uh, embroidery places. I'd gotten a quote and it was going to be like $180 or something to make one hat. But Dennis's mom has all that, all of that uh, machinery. So she made a hat, uh, a Deep Space Niners hat. And I think I, did I give it to Andy? I might've just kept it for myself. Sorry, Andy. Another one. It's in my studio, uh, but it's pretty cool. But now, of course, you can get on eBay, and for $8, you can get a Deep Space Niners hat. Right, of course, because that's how that goes. Yeah, my mom uh, got really into embroidery, I don't know, probably 10 years ago now. And when my mom gets into something, she goes hog wild. So she has, she's on her like third industrial giant professional quality embroidery machine. So the dining room at my mother's house instead of a table where we could all eat at Thanksgiving, there's a massive sewing equipment. Now does she, does uh, she do it professionally? She do, Well, sort of, she sells stuff on Etsy. She can, she can embroider yeah. anything that you want. I mean, she made Kyle a hat just by, I think she had to buy a new, uh, I don't know what they're called. The little metal hoop things that would fit a hat, but she'd been wanting to try a hat. So she's like, Oh, we can do that. And it took, I don't know, like an afternoon to figure it out. So if you didn't give it to Andy, we could probably make another one. I'll ask him. He's not going to want my mom's germs right now, and I can't go over there. But at some point in the future, I'll be able to see yeah. my mother again. That was good. It's a good hat. Good times. Yep, yep, yep. So Kyle yeah, wanted... got into button making once. What? Button, button making? Like he brought like an industrial button making machine that yeah. you could just stamp industrial. those pin back buttons. I you wish mean I had just that a machine. button maker? Do you just mean yeah. a like a button maker? Well, yeah, like I had, you know, I had one later that was just a handmade button maker, but this was like a machine that you would put in and it would, you hit a button and it just twank, it would do it automatically. There was no. Is there another machine that makes the button that you push to turn on the button maker machine? What are you talking about? <laughs> you said you had to push a button. You push so you a get... button to so activate what machine the button made, maker. So what, but, what machine made that button that you pushed? I don't know. The button machine a button, button maker. maker. It was a button maker. It's funny that it never occurred to me. You know, like there's two kinds of spatula and they're completely different items, kitchen devices. A button you wear and a button you press are completely different operations as well. And a button that you uh, button up your shirt with. Right. That's, That's three buttons. Yeah, and they did different things. They look nothing alike. An alien would have no idea why that had the same name. That's the kind of existential commentary on society that we bring to the table. That's also probably a really ethnocentric thing I just said, because chances are in other languages, they aren't all button. It's just a stupid English thing, right? Maybe. Could be. Right. Could be. We, have, we would have to speak those languages mm-hmm. in order to know if we don't. If limited, uh, limited language skills let's, over uh, here. Let's talk about Dungeons and Dragons, guys. Well, first we have to talk about what Kyle wanted to talk about. Well, What's Kyle it's want to not talk just about? what I wanted to talk about. I wanted to have a... I was trying to come up with something to talk about for all of us to talk about. Oh, just, you mean the stuff you said earlier? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. That's that's good too. Tell us a story, Colin. Oh, do you want me to tell a story about uh, the stuff yeah, so, we were talking about earlier? So here's the background. Yes. So on Facebook, Why don't you set right it now, up for us, Kyle? On Facebook right now, when you scroll through Facebook, there are probably 20 posts of people being like, 
I spy with my little eye something inside your camera roll that's green. And I don't read any of those because I find the I find them annoying. Uh, however, Tony Moore posted a list of ten celebrities he had met, and one of them was a lie. And Tony gets around, and he goes to lots of conventions. And I had heard a lot of his stories, and his list was impossible to decipher who he had and hadn't met. Like I was able to eliminate like five of them. <clears throat> because I knew those stories. And then the other five, I was just like, yeah, it's completely reasonable that he would have met that person. So then I made my own list of celebrities I had met, nine of which were true. One of them was a lie. And maybe two or three of those I thought were pretty good stories. So I tried to get Dennis and Cullen to come up with their stories meeting celebrities because we all go to lots of conventions. There are always lots of celebrities around. And uh, we, I, I can't, I don't imagine you guys spend a lot of time like going to the celebrity meet and greet events. All of them that I meet, it's, it happens to be by chance. So it's always, right. uh, it's always an interesting little anecdote. But anyway, that's where my mind was. I'll start you off. I got one. Do it. I was in, I was in New York Comic Con. I had my glasses off. I was drawing a sketch. My eyesight is terrible. I can see up close. So I was drawing up close and this large figure moves into frame in front of me. And I looked up and there's this giant silhouette in front of my table. This is probably five years ago, four years ago. And I thought this guy looks like the undertaker. It wasn't the undertaker, but there was this giant man and he asked me about my book my eyesight was blurry, so I just gave him my regular spiel. But he was like moving stuff around on my table, and he had these giant, like, gold skull rings on his fingers. And uh, he was very strange. He had this weird tall hat. And uh, I thought, the things I thought were, this guy's, this is a weird guy. This guy's really eccentric. <laughs> and I thought, this guy seems really powerful. <laughs> And I also remember thinking, I bet this guy gets laid all the time. And uh, eventually I said to him, I thought you were the undertaker or something like that. I don't remember. And he threw his head back and cackled and walked away. And I was like, that was a weird guy. What an interesting person. And somebody who was next to me came over and he was like, dude, that was Jason Momoa. And uh, I didn't talk to him. I could have had an, I could have said something better than my stupid spiel. But anyway, that's how I met Jason Momoa and called him the undertaker. And he laughed at me and walked. I away. love that story. Colin, surely Cindy's met Jason Momoa at this point. Yes, she has met Jason Momoa. Um, she would have probably preferred to have met it. She'd have probably, she probably, when she hears the story is going to say, how come you weren't sitting next to Kyle that day? Because she would have taken over Kyle's table and pitched. She'd never read yeah. spread. And she'd be like, this book is about, she'd have pitched it right out. She'd have known exactly what to say. Like oh, the, other, sort of- the other part of that story is Evie and uh, my friend, John, his wife, Stephanie. Well, she's my friend too, but uh, they were, they were there and they were planning to go meet Jason Momoa right. to wait in line and stuff. But they were gone for that five minute window where he came by. Snooze, you lose. Hmm. Yep. Yeah, I don't have a lot of celebrity stories that are fun like that. That's a lie. You do. 
just got to think about them. I met the guy that plays Arrow on, or played Arrow on the CW Arrow uh, with, it was me and Aaron Gillespie and Jason Latour. And we were at a bar, uh, the speakeasy, that's underneath the hotel at the Kansas city comic convention thing. Yeah. And, uh, this guy's Stephen Amell, I think is his name. Yeah. That's, it was planet comic con. Cause that's, I met him there too, but I didn't interact with him too much. Um, when he, he was very nice and polite, but didn't particularly want to talk to the three of us, but we were a little bit tipsy and no. being very charming. And this guy, Stephen Amell's manager was very taken with Latour. Uh, I'm out in, in what regard, I don't know, but she wanted to talk to him. So Stephen was forced to, to chat with our drunk asses. I met him. Um, Once we were at the hotel here in Kansas city after playing at Comic-Con, Dennis, I think you were there. Mike Norton was there. Jason Aaron, Scotty Young. It was Sunday. The show was over, but we were all in the bar, which was mostly empty. And uh, in came the guy who played baby Boba Fett in uh, yeah, I was there. the Star Wars episode, whatever. Um, and he had grown a little by then. So he was, in, he was probably 21. Yeah. He, he came by. I think he had a couple of entourage people with him um, from his entourage, not the show entourage. And uh, he walked over and hit the elevator. And we were just sitting around talking about comics or bullshit. I don't know. And uh, the elevator door opened and his two people got on. And he turned around and he said, later, nerds. And he hopped backwards onto the elevator and the door shut. And uh, I remember Mike Norton was like, doesn't he know who's sitting around here? Which I thought was pretty funny. (laughs) He doesn't care. (laughs) Yeah. That, at that same show, <clears throat> I, uh, he was there, and then Jake, the kid that played Anakin, what was his name? Yeah, Jake? we saw him running, right? Yeah, he was running along the side of the highway, but there was no running trail or sidewalk. So he was just in like the, the ditch in the median, like running through the wet muck, clearly not used to jogging in Kansas City. That's his Jedi Lloyd. training. Uh, He's okay. too young Jake to Lloyd begin the training. And I, I think it was that too same old. show. Was that the show where they had the, the hotel? No, that was the one where it was the, the Aloft. The, the year before that, when they had the hotel like down the street by college, yeah. uh, Al from, I can't remember, Richard something, who played Al in Home Improvement, was in town because he was at the New Theater restaurant in a play. And so we were all sitting around this hotel, and the guy, like Al Borland from Home Improvement, walks in and looks... Oh very confused while there's so many cosplayers and ran up to his room. I don't, I don't uh, interact with celebrities cause I don't like, they're just normal people who probably want to be left alone. And so it's exactly what weird. they are. It feels weird to go be like, Hey, I know your face from a thing that you weren't with me. Well, if they were, here's the thing, they are normal people and they're in the bar for a reason. Uh, and if they wanted to be left alone completely, they would not be in the bar. And one time, uh, I mean, I don't go bug them. That's not my yeah. thing. But I'm not into bugging mm. celebrities. I wrote the, I, so I wrote an elevator with uh, uh, Dirk Benedict, who played Starbuck on Battlestar Galactica one time at a little convention in St. Louis. And uh, we just talked about uh, how weird conventions were and how he, he thought people who dressed up were fun. Um, but at one convention, and I never, never go out of my way to interact with people. The only time I've ever really done it was it uh, there was a convention called Horrifying Weekend, 
it was a horror based convention and I went <laughs> it down, was. yeah and I went down to meet my friends at the bar but they didn't show up right away they weren't there uh, and I was sitting at the bar I was having a bourbon and Reggie Bannister who is the star of one of my favorite horror movie uh, series uh, Phantasm he plays Reggie is that the tall man no, no, no. That's uh, Angus Scrim. Reggie is the milkman or the ice cream man in in Phantasm. He's the hero who's in basically all the movies. He's the he's in every one of the movies. Is he an ice cream man in all of the movies? Yeah. So he really didn't do much with himself, did he? Well, he starts fighting evil, and you know he had to put his dreams aside, man. All right. But he, he walked his in. dream wasn't to be an ice cream man. That's true. That's true. But, That's true. He walked in. And there's and nothing I wrong remember. with being an ice cream man. <laughs> you jackass. But for Those five movies, cream, man. if you're an ice cream man and then you fight the devil and then you go back to being an ice cream man, I think that's weird. Well, at the end, I'm not going to spoil the Phantasm series for you, but he doesn't go back to being an ice cream man. All right. You become an angel? What happened? I'm not telling you. You got to watch it. I did watch, watch it. Watch it but I, I started to watch it. Watch I fell again. asleep. Never mind. I, you, know what, you know what would make me watch it? Is if you were there, we should do a live watch of the Phantasm with you giving us commentary. That would be, I I would be totally down for that. I would do that. Continue. So you were at the horrific horrific weekend, and Reggie walked in and just and I I would I'm a very very shy person, so I would never I don't know why I did this. It must have been the bourbon, and I just looked across (laughs) the bar. I was like, Reggie, come on over. And he yeah, came over, there. and I bought him a drink, and then we hung. I, I I hung out with him the entire evening. He introduced me to all his friends, and uh, we had a good See, time. See, that's that's the level of celebrity that you want, because he doesn't really. He came in, and he's like, "What am I going to do tonight?" And then he found you, and he hung out with you. Right. Also, phantasm wise, let me share this: when they were shooting the Six Gun pilot for NBC, uh, Brian Hurt and I went to. Uh, to the set for a couple Uh of days. And the guy who was playing Bill John O'Henry is an actor named James LaGrosse. And he, he's been in many things, but I remembered him most from Phantasm two, where he played one of the heroes, but I was afraid to mention Phantasm two to him because I thought maybe he wasn't proud of being in the movie, even though it's my favorite of the Phantasm movies. I didn't want to say it because what if he didn't like Phantasm two, right? Does it have the most ice cream in it? There's no ice cream that I know of, but who knows? Maybe I don't okay. know. Oh. But we were talking to him, and he was dressed up as a cowboy. And uh, and Brian Hurt says, "You know what this guy loves? This guy loves Phantasm too." And I was mortified because no, it's good. And he started laughing, and he's like slapped me on the back hard enough to stagger me forward a little bit. And he's like, "I love that movie." I always liked how phantasmagorical it was. <laughs> so you definitely should have said that. Yeah. And then later, uh, we talking, later we went to the bar with him and the other actors, most of, most of whom were from, uh, from overseas, European. And someone asked uh, how they, have they always wanted to play a cowboy? And everybody was saying different things. And he said, well, I don't know about my European colleagues here, but I've been preparing for this role all my life. I used to play with these action figures that were old West, Johnny West. And I remember playing with Johnny West action figures as a kid. And we, uh, we bonded over our love of Johnny West action figures. Awesome. Sounds good. See, that's wanna... the kind of content that would make watching Phantasm much better. 
Sure. With you, with you. Because you would be able to tell that story. Okay, uh, it occurs to me, and it has occurred to me before while listening to these episodes to prepare them to post. Uh, I don't think we've ever gone an entire Missouri swagger in the 23 we've done without Cullen saying the word horror or horror, however the fuck he says it, at least once. Yeah. So if you can find an episode of Missouri Swagger where the word horror is not spoken aloud, I will give you a free signed trade of Sea of Stars. So That's go watch one. all the episodes and find me one where he doesn't say it. But, <laughs> and if he does say it in all of them, I'm sorry, you don't win. <laughs> but you got 23 episodes of awesomeness. Uh, once I was at Planet Comic Con, and this was back, there was a time when cele- celebrity guests at cons were uh, they were more of a novelty. I feel like they were there was one or two, and before it exploded, and there were huge celebrity sections. The uh, green room for convention comic book guests was the same green room for the celebrity guests. That has since changed. The celebrities wanted their own space, so the mingling doesn't happen anymore. But I went back to the green room to get lunch and sitting there was Walter Jones. I think his name's Walter Jones. He's the black power ranger from the first power Rangers season. And uh, I sat down, actually he sat down next to me. I walked in there and I think there was, there was somebody there who I, a comic book person who I was like, I'd like to talk to them, but they were having their own lunch. I'm going to leave them alone. So I sat down at a different table and Walter Jones came in and sat next to me and started a conversation and he seemed really cool. He talked about how he feels blessed that it, he gets to make money going around making people happy. He seemed like a really nice dude. And, uh, he then, I don't know. We just, we were just uh, chit chatting. And then Ray Park came in who played Darth Maul and a bunch of other shit. And those two knew each other. And so they started, you know, talking to each other, catching up a little bit. And Ray Park said something about how he, uh, he had seen some 20th anniversary Power Ranger mask that Walter got. And uh, he was like, yeah, yeah, it was cool. And then Walter said to Ray Park that he saw his weapons demonstration that he had done earlier that day. And Ray Park was like, oh, yeah, thanks, man. Um, really, though, I was just making stuff up with those weapons. And Ray, or, uh, Walter, Walter said, I know, I know. They <laughs> <laughs> uh, were both pretty nice. So. I went to one, a convention last year. I won't say the convention, but they had one of those green rooms. And they went around to the guests, uh, and they gave us little stickers to put on the back of our name tag that would get you into the green room. And they only gave them to like the invited guests or whatever. Um, but I went into the green room and I don't even remember the celebrities that were in there. They weren't big names. It was a smaller convention, but I went in there and got some snacks and I remember everybody's looking funny. Um, and then the con organizers came by about an hour and a half later and said, we're going to need those stickers back. Uh, that green room's just for the celebrities. And (laughs) I was like, well, I said, well, you put a sticker on the back of my badge. You're going to have to peel it off. And they said, well, could you peel it off? And I said, and I said, no, but I'll let you do it. And, uh, and they went around to everybody they had given a sticker to in artists, like the artist and writer area. And they took all of our badges away from us, all of our stickers so that we couldn't get into the, 
That's crazy. The celebrity green room and get Cheetos and damn cheese crackers. Mm-hmm. The celebrities, the, the celebrities must have had some awful experiences with people coming to them in the green room. Because otherwise, oh, it's a really weird. I'm sure they did. Which I, that's why I go out of my way that I don't really acknowledge them if I can't help it. Right. You know. Um, but uh, but yeah, it was just a. Uh, it it was one of those things. I was like, this is, uh, and I, we could do a whole episode about conventions, about you know the good and bad of conventions. But uh, it was one of those things. I thought to myself, well, I'm never going back to this convention because they actually went around and went out of their way to make the creators that have come here feel like shit. <laughs> yeah, right. I w- I went to a convention once uh, that my friend James Maddox uh, put together. It was called Tricon. And I think something had happened where like a bunch of guests had backed out of the con and uh, I was starting to feel a little sick. This is going to make me sound terrible now that we're in the middle of a pandemic, but I was starting to feel a little sick, but I was like, no, I have to be at the con. I can't cancel on James because everybody's canceling. So I got on the plane, I went there and I was okay the first night. And then when I woke up the next day, I was just completely I was in a, like a fever haze. I, I was not operating. It was like after Chicago, Cullen, the bug that we both got. Uh, I couldn't really function, but I went to the show and I remember just sitting there. Usually I will engage with everybody who comes by my table, but I was just like sitting there. I remember this weird, uh, they were blowing up like a two-story Stay Puff Marshmallow Man in the corner. And I remember just like sitting there watching as this marshmallow man got bigger. And with every like few feet, I felt like I was going to vomit. And eventually James came by and said there were sandwiches in the green room. So I stumbled back to the green room and I got like a couple of donuts and a sandwich. And I sat down at the table and I was eating my sandwich and somebody came up to me. I have no idea who. uh, And they were like, Kyle, Carl. And I was like, hmm? and I was like, yeah, I'm Kyle. And then I, as I sat there eating, they were talking to me, but it was what I heard was them being like, and I, I was completely out of it. I have no idea who that was or what we talked about. Uh, but finally they left. And I, after that day, I just, I think I slept the rest of the time at James house. They took good care of me. Uh, but that was the last time I will ever go to a convention when I'm feeling a little sick. Oh yeah. It's not it was, worth it to anybody. It was terrible. Yeah. Um, I, first of all, I want to put a disclaimer on our contest. I'm only sending a trade to the first person that points out. <laughs> no! you've, been, you've been thinking about this the whole time. haven't you? I thought about interrupting <laughs> you immediately to say it. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, one time I got sick, I got Concrete in New York comic con. And that wasn't a problem because it didn't hit until that Sunday. Uh, and when I got back to the hotel room, you came, you had a, Kyle had an early morning flight and you came to my hotel room to uh-huh. hang out. I think we got drunk and then to hang out. And I got like super high fever, cold chills, couldn't get warm, horribly sick. Um, and then you got up and in a drunken haze, took a shower in my shower. I got an hour. I don't like you telling this story. <laughs> it's cold now, baby. Uh, everyone, I, anyways, I got an hour of sleep. And then the next morning I had to go, I think 
Colin, didn't you go to that writer's teaching thing when we first got in at Marvel? Yeah. So, yeah, we I had to get up the day after New York Comic Con. Like, but you, is Tuesday. this because you and I went to that bar with, like, the $30 drinks? Yeah, that was yeah. that night. Uh, but I, I had Dayquil. I was popping Dayquil every three hours in order to be upright so that I could learn from Klaus Janssen and Howard Chaikin how to write Marvel comic books. And it would have been an amazing experience, but I was so sick, just sick as a dog the whole day. I don't remember you being sick. I mean, I didn't I, tell anybody that I was super yeah. sick. As so I said, you, you hit it very well. He's like a and bird. That, Dennis is like a bird. He doesn't want predators to know right. that he's sick. So it doesn't show until it's too late. Yep. There you go. But that's he why they eat the pizza or the what are the fried dough things with meat in the middle that they bought us. They always get at Marvel. Pizza bites. You know what I'm talking about? Calzone? No, they're, no, they're like, it's like a. Mexican food or something, but they always get it. Oh, empanadas. 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 They, they Ooh, empanadas. empanadas are good. Yeah. But Heart Dennis bird. didn't eat them. He went and got a salad from the salad place. Yeah, that sounds right. And then he told me that I wasn't hydrating enough. You probably weren't. I remember. I thought to myself, mind your business. And I'm, I haven't drank water since then. <laughs> 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 All right, guys. Oh. I, think it's about, I, think, I think it's about time to wrap this one up. We swaggered it. We did it. We swaggered yeah. it. And, tell, yeah, and next time, next time, here's a preview of the next episode. Yeah, We're going to no. talk about Dungeons and Dragons because here's the thing. Dennis and Kyle have agreed to play a D&D game with me. With who else? With Chris Grine. Chris Grine has a who, well, we got to make sure everybody to the last episode. Anton, Anton Chroma, our producer, is going to be part of it. Chris Grine, you, Dennis, who knows who else? Could and we're going to talk about it, about your uh, – your thought process in engaging in this social uh, interaction. I think Chris Grine was secretly tickled that he was mentioned. and Secretly? He was openly tickled that he was mentioned. I think he was openly tickled. But that wasn't last episode. That was episode two. There's an episode in between that hasn't aired yet. I know we last, also talked about in the Chris preview, Grine We've in talked about him in every episode. We need to have him on sometime. That's yeah, he I should just be a guest. The idea of Chris Grine is much more impressive than the reality of Chris Grine. So maybe we shouldn't have him. That's a mean guess. thing to say. <laughs> I think Chris it's is on brand. I, I mean, I think that's true of all of us. Yeah, it's, well, that's true. <laughs> it's true of everyone, but he's, yeah. he's delightful. Chris would be, we'd probably get more viewers than ever if Chris joined us. Based on what? He's nicer than all of us. All right, Chris Grine, this is your formal invitation to come be a come guest on the, on the show. show. And if we don't get more viewers than ever, it's your fault. Right. <laughs> He'll never invite him back. That's right. <laughs> All right, guys. So oh, we, need a, we need a swagger story. Someone's got to tell a swagger story. We've told nothing but stories this episode. Mm. Uh, swagger, story? swagger story. Hmm. I'm all swaggered out. No, I'm you're not. You haven't told one in a year and a half. And I don't have a new one. Bullshit. Okay. Did tell us tell the story about, the about Magnum P.I. Magnum, what, what's his name? Not Magnum, P.I. T.A. T.A. That's not a swagger story, but I'll tell it, and then we'll sign out. Uh, so when I was a kid, I was really into professional wrestling. Uh, my dad, my mom and dad took me to the matches at least once a month in Raleigh, North Carolina, the big, whenever the uh wcw nwa whatever they were called at the time was coming through so i was not into wwf i was into i was into the 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 circuit with dusty Rhodes and magnum ta and nikita koloff and all those guys in it and 
uh, like most young kids, I was really into the good guys. I was like the, you know, the, the faces were what I really was interested in, in, in cheering for. And my dad took us to the, I think he had business in New Orleans. So that was the reason he went there, but he took us all. And we went to the Jim J. Crockett Memorial Tag Team Tournament, which was like that, that outfit's first real big event. Like it was their SummerSlam type thing or whatever. So it was a two-day tag team tournament. And we were staying in the hotel with all the wrestlers. And um, I saw Magnum TA coming up. And I went over to uh, – I had a program. And I went over to Magnum TA. Can you explain uh, who Magnum TA is? Magnum TA was like the – He was their Hulk Hogan, basically. Like, oh, yeah, I he know was who he was. Big I'm, I mean, for the people who don't know. Well, Magnum T.A. was like a Texan res- Texas wrestler with a mullet and big old mustache. And he was a, a hero. curly bleach blonde mullet. That's serious. Yeah, bleach mullet. blonde mullet. And he was famously, he was in a huge feud with the Russian nightmare, Nikita Koloff. Um, and he came up. or I saw him and I went up to him and I said, hey, Magnum, can I get an autograph? And he said, I'm not signing your autograph. I'm not signing autographs right now. And he just stormed past me. And I was like, wow, well, okay. And, uh, Across the way, what a jerk! Across the way was uh, um, beautiful Bobby Eaton from the Midnight Express, who were uh, sort of big heels at the time. And uh, and he looked over and said, "Hey, kid, come over here. I'll sign your book." So I went over and he signed my book. What did you think? Were you like, or were you like, okay? I was like, I was I was excited to get any autograph. So it was Jim Cornette there then. Yeah, I got his autograph in the book too. Yeah, that's okay. amazing. That's yeah. the best part of that story. Yeah, I got All right, so beautiful Bobby Eaton signed your book. Then and from that say? day forward, I cheered only for bad guys. So uh, was Dennis Condry in the at that point? Who isn't Who'd Dennis Condry one of the Midnight Express? Was that the other Midnight Express guy? Well, there's, there's Bobby multiple. Eaton and it wasn't. No, it was. Uh, what is he flying something? He was like a known for his jumps or whatever. Oh. But I can't remember him. Bob, Bobby Eaton's the one I remember at this point. And all of this is kind of merging into different, you know, like all of those wrestling events we went to start merging because I'm trying to think of when I saw certain, because I remember seeing a Magnum versus Nikita Mm -hmm. match, a Texas rope match or a Russian chain match, one or the other in Raleigh, North Carolina. And we were on the floor right by the ring and I yelled out, I cheered for Nikita and everyone in the crowd just turned and looked at me like they were going to kill me because you don't (laughs) cheer for a, Russian in the 80s. How how long was it from the time that Magnum TA snubbed you to the time that he was in his horrible car wreck? It couldn't have been long. It couldn't have been long after that. Do you is there a direct connection, do you think? I can't how would there Calling be a, that karmic retribution for being rude to Cullen? How many times would I have died in a car wreck if that's what happened when right. you were rude to Cullen? Right. It's not that's not part of it. But I did. I did see beautiful Bobby Eaton a few years ago at a convention, and I went and told him that story, and he said, uh, "Ha ha, that's great." <laughs> <laughs> that's the story. <laughs> All right, guys. All right, I'm looking Thanks. forward to playing D and D with you. Yeah, if you guys, if you like this episode, well, don't. please comment. If you're not looking forward to it, then you shouldn't play. That's right. Don't play. I'm looking don't forward, forward to it. I'm trying to play my role over here. You're calling me out. That's mm-hmm. right. Give us a thumbs up or like it or give us some comments. 
See if you can find if I don't say the word horror in another episode, and Dennis will give the first how many people? One. (laughs) (laughs) And tell us your stories about convention celebrities that you met. Yeah, we'd love to hear it. Wrestler snubbing you or whatever you got. Yeah. Yeah, I had someone, uh, my friend uh, Cliff Hurd, who you've all met Cliff at various conventions. He's, he, I'm sure he's brought you plenty of books to sign. He sent me a big long message about Silverhawks and how much, uh, what he thought of them. And I wish Cliff, if you're watching this, you should have put that in the comments. Cause I think everyone would have liked to have heard, heard your thoughts on Silverhawks. So there you go. Thanks everybody. Right. Thanks, Thank guys. you. See you Bye. next time. We have something that gets added somewhere. I don't know.